وقاتلوهم حتى لا تكون فتنة ويكون الدين لله In this verse very clearly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is explaining to us about the purpose of war the goal of fighting because as we discussed earlier fighting or warfare is not something that's small it's something very serious there is bloodshed there is loss of life there is loss of property so it better be for a good reason and the only good reason can be that it is done for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the defense of his deen that's the only good reason so here waqatiluhum fight them and this is remember the context fight them your enemy those who fight you meaning the people of makkah hatta la takuna fitna until there is no more fitna and remember fitna religious persecution so basically the goal the purpose of fighting the enemy is to break their strength you have to fight them until their strength is broken because when their strength is broken then they will no longer persecute you you have to make them weak that's the goal hatta la takuna fitna and remember that when the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was in medina the first battle you're familiar with the battle of badr then there was uhud and then there was ahzab so what happened in all of these battles eventually the people of makka they lost their strength right and with that the muslims gained power and they were able to freely travel through the land they were able to eventually go to makkah perform umrah and then eventually there was also the conquest of makkah so hatta la takuna fitna so the purpose of war is to end fitna people should be free they should be able to practice their religion wa yakuna dinu lillah and the worship is for allah deen means religion but it also means worship meaning allah alone is worshiped and this is of course with regards to the kaaba remember the kaaba was built by who ibrahim alayhi salam for whose worship the worship of idols no it was built for the worship of allah alone and what had the people of makkah done they had filled it with idols they would come and they would offer sacrifice for them they would worship them so wa yakuna dinu lillah that place has to be free of shirk fa in intahaw then if they stop meaning they stop fighting you fala udwana illa ala zalimin then there is no transgression except against those who do wrong meaning those who oppress those who continue to commit aggression then they will have to be punished fala udwana illa ala zalimin so what does this ayah mean that the purpose of fighting is to end persecution and if the enemy stops fighting you they surrender then punishment is only for who the oppressors now here i would like to explain this verse with an example from the seerah from the life of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam remember that when the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam conquered makkah there was general forgiveness for all people who had opposed the muslims and harmed them there was general forgiveness for them but there was this a few individuals who were not pardoned okay they had stopped fighting here but they had not been pardoned one of those men was ibn khatal okay and the story is mentioned in the book of bukhari that sahih bukhari that when the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam came to makka at the conquest ibn khatal was found by the kaaba holding the cover of the kaaba remember some people think that the haram masjid al haram is like tio like it's a place where you're safe 
So do whatever, just come in this place and then you're safe. So Ibn Khattal went to the Kaaba, held on to the cloth of the Kaaba and said, well, nobody can harm me here. But this man was still killed. Why was he still killed? Because punishment is for who? For those who continue in their oppression. Those who continue in their violence. Now this man, Ibn Khattal, what had he done? We learn that this man actually came to Medina once upon a time, accepted Islam, and the Prophet ﷺ sent him to do some work. And he sent a servant with him also to help him. Now this man, Ibn Khattal, he was tired in the journey and he told his servant to prepare some food. So the servant was also very tired. Instead of preparing food, he fell asleep. Right. So when Ibn Khattal found him sleeping, he got so mad at him, he actually killed him. He killed him and then he was like, how am I going to face the Prophet wasallam? If I go back to Medina, I'm going to be in trouble. So you know what he did? He went to Mecca and he said, I've left Islam. So he had committed oppression, he had committed murder, he had cheated the Muslims, and then now he went and joined the enemy. And then at the conquest of Mecca, instead of coming to the Prophet wasallam and apologizing, what did he do? He went and held the cloth of the Kaaba saying, you can't harm me. So, فَإِنِنْتَهَوْ فَلَا عُدُوَانَ إِلَّا عَلَى الظَّالِمِينَ It is only those who do zulm, those who commit oppression, who will be punished. Then the next verse is, أَشَّهْرُ الْحَرَامُ بِالشَّهْرِ الْحَرَامِ أَشَّهْرُ الْحَرَامُ The sacred month. What is a sacred month? Remember there are 12 months in the Islamic calendar, but four of those 12 months are sacred. What are those four months? Does anybody know? Muharram, very good. Rajab, Dhul Hijjah, one more. Dhul Qa'da. So we have Rajab, Dhul Qa'da, Dhul Hijjah, and Muharram. These four months are sacred. Now, what does it mean by this that it is sacred? This time of the year is sacred. What does that mean? What does that mean? Muslims are not allowed to fight in these four months. You're not allowed to wage war. You're not allowed to act violently at all, even if it's in the name of Islam. You cannot do that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran about these months that فَلَا تَظْلِمُوا فِيهِنَّ أَنفُسَكُمْ Do not do zulm in these months on yourselves. What does that mean? Do not commit sin. So sinning, any time of the year is bad. But in these months, it is worse. Backbiting, any time of the year is bad. But in these months, is worse. Attacking someone's honor, talking about people's sins, any time of the year is bad. But in these months, it is worse. And what month are we in right now? October, Allahu Akbar. Lunar month. Muharram. What month is Muharram? It's a sacred month. Right? So, sinning any time of the year is bad, but in this time of the year it's worse. Now, why is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has declared some months sacred? What's the wisdom behind that? You see, Ramadan, fasting of Ramadan, it trains you in a certain way. These four months also, they train you in a certain way. That you stop yourself, you control yourself. You really want to talk about you know, somebody's sins. You really want to talk about you know, what he did or what she did. But it's none of your business. So you keep your mouth closed. You don't talk about them. 
Because it's none of your business. In these months especially, exercise self-control. So this is the sacred month. Now, الشهر الحرام بالشهر الحرام What does it mean by this? That fighting in sacred month is going to be because of the fighting that was done in sacred month. What does that mean? You see, earlier we learned, the Muslims were told, do not fight them in Masjid al-Haram. That's a place where you cannot fight your enemy. Unless they attack you, then you defend. So that was related to a place. Now, a time of the year. In this time of the year, do not fight the enemy. Unless they fight you. So if they fight you in this time of the year, you can defend yourself. وَالْحُرُمَاتُ قِصَاص And for the حُرُمَات, there is قِصَاص. Now what is this word حُرُمَات? حُرُمَات is the plural of حُرُمَة. حَرَامِيم. And حُرُمَة is something that is to be respected. Okay? Something that is to be respected. Meaning, you're not allowed to disrespect it or to violate its sanctity. So, it includes places, times, objects, actions, like for example the Kaaba. Is it a sacred place? Yes. A masjid, is it a sacred place? Yes. A human being, a Muslim especially, is his life sacred? Is his honor sacred? Yes. Is his wealth sacred? Yes. The sacred month, is that sacred? Yes. So these are all hurumat. And for the hurumat, meaning for violating them, there is going to be qisas, there is going to be retaliation, there is going to be punishment. What does it mean by this? That if a person violates the sacred place, or the sacred time, or the sacred individual, there will be consequences. There will be consequences. So for example, if a person commits a sin, any time of the year it's bad. But if he commits it near the Kaaba, what is that? What kind of a sin is that? It's worse. And you know what? For that, there will be a punishment. You know what happened with me once? I was in uh, Mecca. We had gone for Umrah and I prayed my salah in the haram. I was walking back to the hotel and um, I lost my sister. You know, in all that crowd, you lose people, right? So I was like, okay, I'll make my way back myself. So I am walking towards the hotel and... There was a mall on the ground floor. All of a sudden, I'm going up the stairs to enter the mall, to go through it and to the hotel. All of a sudden, the doors opened and people just started pouring out, pouring out. So many people just started walking out. And there was alarms going on inside. And I was like, oh my God, what's going on? So I got so scared, I just stood on the side. Just stood on the side. And... Um, you were scared too, huh? So I stood on the side and I started watching, like, what's going on? Why aren't these people going away? And then I see a huge circle, like people forming a huge circle. I was like, oh my God, what is going on? All the people are standing, there's a huge circle that they were formed. And then in the middle of the circle comes this big man, right? Saudi man with a robe and he's got a whip in his hand. And I'm like, oh my God. And then he said something and a, a guy came. And the guy came and stood in the middle. And the big man whipped him. And I was like, oh my God. I was 
so scared. I was shivering. Okay. And then what happened? All of a sudden, the crowd dispersed. I'm like, what? What just happened? So I walked inside, and there was this man in the elevator with his family. So I asked him, do you know what happened there? And he's like, yeah, there was actually, this guy was harassing a group of girls. He was caught in the mall harassing a group of girls, so he was just punished right here. I was like, wow, this is the haram, where an animal even cannot be harmed. Isn't it? But if this guy has the audacity to harass people near the Kaaba, then this guy should be punished immediately. There's kasas, there's punishment immediately. What happens today if a woman comes and says, I have been harassed? First of all, she has to think 20 years before speaking out. And once she speaks out, then she is insulted. You know, if a woman is being disrespected, if she is being harassed, this is a violation. And for that violation, it's not just that the woman is taught to, you know, why were you there anyway? No, the man is disciplined. That man was brought out in public lashed, whipped in front of everybody. There was qisas. So, walhurumatu qisas. For violations, if you overstep the limits that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set, there are consequences. And yes, it's possible that in this life a person gets away. People bring proof. He never admits. So, okay, he's spared, whatever. Or the criminal is not caught. So in this world, he is not punished. But there is the akhirah also. So remember that anything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has declared sacred, we must respect it. Any rule that Allah has given, we must respect it. And if we violate it, there will be consequences. وَالْحُرُمَاتُ قِصَاصِ فَمَنْ يُعْتَدَى So whoever transgresses, alaykum against you, meaning in the haram, whether it is in a sacred month or in a sacred place, if somebody transgresses against you, فَعْتَدُوا alayhi, then you transgress against him, meaning make an attack in response. How? بِمِثْلِ مَعْتَدَ alaykum In the same manner as he transgressed against you. Meaning if somebody has transgressed against you, they have wronged you, okay, you take revenge, but that revenge cannot be more than what they have done to you. So for example, if somebody slaps you, you're like, okay, let me punch you. And you know what? I'm not happy with that punch. I got to kick you too. And I got to hurl like five insults at you also. Then I'll be happy. No, you have become the oppressor now. And this is so important for us to remember. Remember these verses are talking about war. We make war at home also, sometimes. Online also, right? Where somebody is upset, and they say something nasty, what do we do in response? What do we do? Worse. Somebody put our stuff where it wasn't supposed to be, and we get so upset, we start yelling at them, cursing them, ruining their things. I mean, come on, grow up and, you know, have some control over yourself. If somebody wrongs you, you are only allowed to do as much as they did to you, not more than that. If you do more in revenge, you're no longer the victim. You are now a criminal. Allah, And this is why it is mentioned, fear Allah. Notice, even in war, Allah. So what about when there is no war, when there is just an argument? 
You're fighting over a piece of cake. You're fighting over a piece of stationery. You're fighting over whose room ends where and whose room or territory begins where. There also, fear Allah. وَعْلَمُوا أَنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَ الْمُتَّقِينَ And you should know that indeed Allah is with those who have taqwa. You see, what happens is that when you keep yourself within the limits, like for example, somebody said something very mean to you. So you want to respond. You're like, I can't just say one thing. I have to say at least three things mean. And then that's not enough. Because I'm older, I have to teach them a lesson. So I'll go pinch them. I'll go pull their ear or something. I'll go and break their something. So you want to do that, but then you remind yourself, no, I have to stay within the limits that Allah has set. Now there you might feel, but how is my brother going to learn? How is my sister ever going to learn? I have to teach her a lesson. No. You have taqwa of Allah and remember that Allah will help you. You are not losing out when you keep yourself within the limits that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set. You are not losing out ever. Because Allah is with those who have taqwa. Meaning He helps them. He defends them. He takes care of them. And if you think about it, the Prophet ﷺ, he had the worst of enemies. Isn't it so? But how was he with his enemies? Fair. Always fair. And if ever one of the companions made a mistake, the Prophet ﷺ ensured to establish justice. Did the Prophet ﷺ lose out? No way. No way. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him victory. He became successful. So sometimes you feel like the rules that Allah has given us are keeping us back. That for example, halal and haram, hijab, whatever, it's going to keep me back. No, it's not keeping you back. It's ensuring that you have Allah's help. You know sometimes haram money seems very tempting. And you see that everybody is taking haram. And you're like, I'm the only one? I'm left behind? You're not left behind. You're not. You are ensuring that you have Allah's help. You do what Allah has commanded you to do. Stay away from what Allah has forbidden you. And Allah's help is going to be with you. You're not losing out. You know, anytime you find something difficult to do in Islam, anything, and each person has their own challenges, their own battles. Each individual has their own battles. So whatever difficulty you have, Remind yourself, if I stick to the rules, Allah is with me. وَعْلَمُوا أَنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَ الْمُتَّقِينَ Allah's help is with me. And if I disobey Allah, then do I have Allah's help? Think about it. So stay within limits and receive the help of Allah. Then the next verse, وَأَنْفِقُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ And you should spend in the way of Allah. Spend in the way of Allah. Spend what? What should you spend? What do you spend? Yes? Oh, very good. I thought you would say money. He said time. You spend time, money, yourself, your ability, your talents. Spending in the way of Allah doesn't just mean giving charity. Spending in the way of Allah means spending yourself also. You give a little of yourself also in the way of Allah. 
Now the question is, what does it mean by spending in the way of Allah? What's the way of Allah? What's the sabil of Allah? Sabil means path, road. So sabil of Allah refers to the road, the path that will take you to Allah's pleasure. And what is that path, that road that will take you to Allah's pleasure? What's that way of life called? Islam. Right? So spend in the way of Allah means spend, first of all, in obedience to Allah. And secondly, it means for the deen of Allah. Now how do you spend in obedience to Allah? Do you have to spend something in order to get a degree? Yeah? Like what? What do you have to spend? How about like I just go to UFT and I'm like, you know what, I really want a master's degree, so here's $50,000, just give me a master's degree. Does that work? No. They're like, okay, the money, good, but you have to do something also. What do you have to do? You have to spend the time also. Two years or however much. You have to spend the time also, not just the money. But the time also. Now is it just time you say, okay, after two years I'll come to get my degree. I'm paying for it now. Two years I'll come to get my master's degree. Does that work? So you're giving time and money. What else do you need to give? Effort. What does that mean? Just go to school every day. Just go to UFT every day. Yeah? Hang out. Is that it? No. What does it mean? You have to study. You have to do the work that you have been assigned. Then you can accomplish something. So now, let's look at it this way. For the deen of Allah, in obedience to Allah, what do you have to spend? In order to obey Allah, what do you have to spend? What do you have to give? We think it's only money, isn't it? Give zakat and give sadaqah. I don't work, I'm a kid, I don't make money, I don't give sadaqah, I'm fine. My dad's supposed to. My mom's supposed to. She's got gold. My dad's got money. They're supposed to. I don't have to do anything. Is it? Who is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressing over here? Anfiqu. Who is it? All of you Muslims. Everybody. So then, what are you supposed to spend in obedience to Allah? What do you have to give? Time? Like what? Okay, so for example, you spend time. Don't we spend time? In prayer, you spend time getting ready for salah, performing salah. What else? Okay. You spend time reciting the Qur'an. What else do you have to spend? Okay. You spend time, and not just time, but also your ability, your effort in order to help others. Okay. You have lots of extra clothes, so you spend them, you give them to those in need. Yes, you spend some of your ego, you let it go, so you forgive others, you are patient with them. You have to give in obedience to Allah. You don't become an obedient servant just by sitting. You have to give. And giving doesn't just mean giving money. Sometimes it means giving up your ego. Like where you don't want to do something. Have you ever had that feeling where you don't want to get up and pray? Or for example, you're supposed to you know, do something for your mom and you're like, I don't feel like it. I find this too hard. For some people, hijab might be very hard. It means changing their image outside. 
Everybody is going to look at them differently. Here, what does this person need to spend? Give their ego. Because Allah wants me to do that. So, anfiqu fi sabilillah. We can give money in the way of Allah, but it's not just money. It's also about yourself. What are you going to give of yourself in order to show that you are an obedient servant, in order to obey Allah? Sometimes you have to spend money in order to get knowledge. Isn't it? Like for example, for you to come here, take this class, what are you spending? Money on what? On your fees and your books. And alhamdulillah, the next book is here. So you got to spend some more money to buy another book. Anfiqu fi sabilillah. How many books are there in total? Five. Okay, because there's five half parts. Okay. Anyway, so you have to give your money. And what else do you have to give in order to be here? Yes? Your time. And then you have to give up some of your likes. Right? Things that you like to do. Things that you would rather be doing. You know that there is a basketball net outside. The streets are empty right now. You could be having a lot of fun outside, running around with your friends. You could be at home doing, you know, watching TV or Netflix or whatever you do. You could be doing that, but you're leaving that in order to be here. This is spending, giving. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, أَنْفِقُوا fi sabilillah. Very good, mashallah. You have to spend not just your time and money here during class hours, but then after class hours, what do you have to do? Spend some time and effort in reviewing the lesson, memorizing the lesson, doing your homework, your quizzes, your assignments. Right? That also requires effort. So why do this? Allah tells us, أَنْفِقُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ وَلَا تُلْقُوا بِأَيْدِيكُمْ إِلَى And do not throw yourselves with your own hands into destruction. Meaning, spend to save yourself from destruction. La tulqu. Tulqu is from lam qafia. Ilqa is to throw something. Bi aidikum. Aidi is the plural of yad. Yad is hand. With your own hands, don't throw yourselves into tahluka. Tahluka is from halam kaf, halak, tahluka, destruction. So if you don't spend, you're throwing yourself into destruction. You are ruining yourself. What does this mean? If you don't obey Allah and you don't spend your time, your energy, your ego, your likes, whatever, you don't give them up in order to obey Allah, what are you doing to yourself? You're wasting yourself. Because Allah has given you this time, this ability, this money. Why? To worship Him. That is the reason why you live. That is the reason why you are here in this world, to worship Allah. And if you're spending your time binge-watching Netflix, if you're spending your time playing one game after the other, that's where your evening goes. You have time to talk, you have time to stalk people on social media, watching one thing after the other. You can spend hours doing that. What are you doing? What are you doing? You are wasting yourself. You're putting yourself in destruction. Because your time... Your life, your moments here are of value. And if you don't use them, you're destroying yourself. وَلَا تُلْقُوا بِأَيْدِيكُمْ إِلَى التَّهْلُكَ You know, for example, if a person is sitting at home, they're not going to school, they're not working, they're not making any money, they're not helping their family, what are they doing? Wasting their life. So what do their parents tell them? 
Go get a job. Go study. Do something. Don't waste yourself. So when our whole day goes by, and we didn't obey Allah, our whole day goes by, and we didn't pray, whole day goes by, and we didn't exert any effort to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we're throwing ourselves in destruction. We have to be very honest with ourselves. Each and every one of us has to be honest. Be honest with yourself. We have excuses. I'm too busy, I cannot read the Qur'an. I'm too busy, I can't do the sunnah. You know, my life is different. People don't understand. My social circle is different. I can't do this. I can't pray at work. I can't wear hijab at work. I can't do this at school. But really, be honest with yourself. Are you that incapable? Are you that weak? Until when are you going to wait? وَلَا تُلْقُوا بِأَيْدِيكُمْ إِلَى التَّهْلُكَ Don't throw yourself in destruction. I mean, somebody else throws you in destruction? It's bad. But you throw yourself in destruction? is like a person running towards a fire. It's a pitiful state. I was like, where's your sense? What are you doing? You have a limited time in life. This life is not going to go on forever. Take five before five. Your health before sickness, your wealth before poverty. The blessings you have in this life are not forever. Use them. Spend them in obedience to Allah. These are means that Allah has given you. Don't let them waste away. Every day we need to ask ourselves, what did I do today to save myself from hellfire? لا تلقوا بأيديكم إلى التهلكة Another way of looking at this ayah is that أنفقوا في سبيل الله Spend in the way of Allah meaning for the defense of the deen in order to protect it, in order to spread it. And if you don't, then what are you doing? You're putting yourself in destruction. Right? Like for example, if there is a masjid, for instance, if there is a masjid, there is a building, electricity is being used, water is being used, and that place is clean, there is parking. In the winter, you know, the snow is cleared up. For that masjid to run, I mean, money's got to come from somewhere, isn't it? Isn't it so? And that masjid is necessary for spiritual health of people. People need that masjid to go and worship their Lord in. So, If we don't spend on the masjid and the masjid shuts down, who's going to suffer? Who's going to suffer? We are going to suffer. Physically? No. Spiritually. Because then we won't have a masjid to go to. So, أَنْفِقُوا فِي سَبِيلَ اللَّهِ Spend in obedience to Allah. Hajj, Umrah. Right? Spend yourself, your ability, your talents to please Allah. And spend for the sake of the deen also. In order to preserve it, in order to spread it. وَأَحْسِنُوا And do ihsan, do extra good. Because إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Indeed, Allah loves those who do ihsan. You know, sometimes we feel like, I'm doing all the basics. I'm doing all the five pillars. I've done my hajj also, so I'm good. What does Allah say? أَحْسِنُوا Do more. Do extra good. Why? Because Allah loves those who do ihsan. So what does this ayah teach us? We all need reward from Allah. We all need to do something to save ourselves from destruction in this life and in the next life. We need to actively do something. 